Treasure trove of sermons shared by men and women of God during services at Harvest House International Church, Harare, City Hub One. I'm excited in my spirit, man with regards to the opportunity that I have to be able to interact with you and share with you what God has laid on my heart. Let me begin by recognizing and thanking the founder of Harvest House International, Bishop Colin Yati, and of course uh, his wife, Senior Reverend Sarah Nyati, in absentia. I had the privilege, not this Friday, but the previous Friday, to go and tour what I call a citadel, a statement of faith in Bulawayo. I was in Bulawayo on business, and when he heard that I was coming, he then said, just as well you are coming because we've got the sixth uh, declaration for 2021 that we are teaching on which is financial empowerment. So he said, when I heard that you were coming, I thought to myself, it would be good if you came and encouraged us on the subject matter of financial empowerment. And you know, if you are a speaker, a lay pastor as I am, I'm not an ordained pastor, but I don't hesitate to share the word of God. Any opportunity to share and testify is always accepted. And so I took up and accepted the opportunity on the Friday uh, when we were doing the tour and we were exchanging experiences. And so thank you for hosting me, uh, Senior Rev Tuturi, and uh, your wife, I was hosted here in your absence. It's a couple of years ago. I think it was an auction, uh, fundraising event, and my printer, the printer in my office, is still the printer that I bought from this very church. And so I, every time I print, you are in my spirit. That uh, And when it doesn't work, I also think of you. <laughs> and you know that happens with printers. So I always say, God, this is your printer. It's not mine. <laughs> Let it work. Amen. 
How many were here on that evening, just by indication? Okay, so I do have a few friends uh, that were here that night. It's always good that you've stayed the course uh, when others have decided to do other things today. So I greet you in the unconquerable name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I was excited to be on site in Bulawayo. Bulawayo is the city of kings and queens and princes and princesses. And I don't know what you are doing here. <laughs> because I left the kings, the queens in Bulawayo. So I want to move to Bulawayo, given what I saw there. I hadn't been there for years when you started building in Bulawayo, I was taken on a tour and I think they had just laid the foundation and I couldn't help but say to myself, whatever Bishop Kolonyati is smoking cannot be legal. <laughs> that was just me. And I confessed to him on Friday. I said, Bishop, now that I see the structure, having been a doubting Thomas, let me tell you exactly what I said in my spirit, man. I said, this man is smoking something that's illegal. <laughs> now, I'm the wrong person to advise him because I'm younger than him, so I'll keep quiet. Let's see how he progresses. Because I remember at the time asking him, how are you going to fund it? And when will you be done? Because we had just done and completed our own 3,000-seater facility. And did we cough blood? Hello? <laughs> we coughed blood to the point that the Sunday Mail those who know anything about newspapers, the most widely read newspaper in the country with the widest circulation had a headline one Sunday morning and it said, Tom DeShell's White Elephant. It was more or less at the stage where you are. In fact, we didn't have a roof. We had poured the deck and the pillars were sticking out the roof and we had run out of money. Our pastor at the time was greatly troubled and he didn't know what to do. Meanwhile, I, as a maverick businessman, had been contributing to this church. And every day, every Sunday rather, we would be advised and we had a wall, we had uh, bricks, and you bought a brick at $15,000 equivalent at the time. And I remember we had been going on for about seven years, and we were stuck. We were so stuck that members of the church began to leave. We were so stuck that the rumors went about town until it got to the journalists. And that's how we featured in the Sunday Mail for failing to complete a building. 
May that never be your portion. Amen. So let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity that I have to come here once again into this church and to be able to share your word. Father, I am not worthy as an individual. Were it not for your blood, the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, which washes me, almighty God, to be as clean as snow, to be able, almighty God, to minister your word and share the great testimonies that I have with regards to church building. May you use me, Father. Use me, use my mouth as a pen of a ready writer so that I may speak clearly and eloquently and deliver, almighty God, the message that I am meant to deliver to each and every one in order to encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read three passages of scripture and you will bear with me. I'm told I do have time until 11.30 or 12. Or I can go on, I'm told. So bear with me. Three passages of scripture that I have. The first one is 1 Chronicles chapter 22. We're going to read it in its entirety. And then we're going to go to Luke chapter 10. Luke is kind of my favorite uh, author uh, in the subject of business. And I read a lot and uh, discern from Luke. I'm advised that he was a doctor. So attention to detail is, is with him. So Luke chapter 10 uh, from verse 30 to 37. And then my all-time favorite passage of scripture for any business person or aspiring business person, Luke chapter 19 from verses 11 through to 27. So I will read those um, if you will allow me. 1 Chronicles chapter 22 verse 1. And I'm reading from the New, New Translation New Living Translation Version. It says, Then David said, This will be the location for the temple of the Lord God and the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings. So David gave orders to call together the foreigners living in Israel, and he assigned them the task of preparing finished stone for the building of the temple of God. David provided large amounts of iron for the nails that would be needed for the doors in the gates and for the clamps, and he gave more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided innumerable cedar logs for the men of Tyre and Sidon had brought vast amounts of cedar to David. That's a special wood, by the way. My son Solomon is still young and inexperienced, and since the temple is to be built for the Lord, uh, the temple that it must be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world. I will be making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building material before his death. Amen. 
it goes on to say, then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. My son, I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. But the Lord said to me, you have killed many men in, bat in the battles that you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I will give him peace with his enemies in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son and I will be his father and I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now my son, may the Lord be with you and give you success as you follow his directions in building the temple of your God. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that you may be obey the law of the Lord your God as you rule over Israel. For you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or lose heart. I have worked hard to provide materials for the building of the temple of the Lord, nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver, and so much iron and bronze that it cannot be weighed. I have also gathered timber and stone for the walls, though you may need to add more. You have a large number of skilled stonemasons and carpenters and craftsmen of every kind. You have expert goldsmiths and silversmiths and workers of bronze and iron. Now begin the work and may the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to assist Solomon in his project. The Lord your God is with you. He has given you peace with the surrounding nations. He has handed them over to me, and they are now subject to the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of the Lord into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. Amen. Amen. Now I am intrigued by that passage of scripture and I deliberately and intentionally chose that very scripture because it touches my heart every time I read it which is why I like to reread it I could have given you to read again you know at home or something but if you listened carefully that's a special passage of scripture the greatest temple of the Lord in the nation of Israel was built in that fashion. And guess what? Harvest House International. I thought we at Celebration Churches International had had the honor of building the largest and greatest auditorium in Zimbabwe. But soon we will be handing that title over 
to your good selves. Amen. We built ours prominently along Borodale Road so that people who are going to the northern suburbs, we wanted to make a statement in the heavenlies. We wanted to make a statement within Harare, within Zimbabwe. But I know the greatest statement ever made. I am told now by Bishop Kolonyati, the biggest auditorium in Southern Africa is what you are building. Amen. And I know it's not a light matter. I know where you are. The valuation to date of the work done is about 18 million US dollars. Yo, I salute you. I salute you. Amen. May the Lord bless you, all the givers, globally, because you're now a global church. May the Lord bless each and every one of you abundantly. Amen. God is debtor to no man. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. You have built something significant that now needs finishing. Amen. A superstructure. And I will testify of a superstructure a little later on. Let me go on to the second reading. The second reading has to do with influence. Luke chapter 10 verses 30 through to 37. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it's another favorite of mine because it says here, Jesus replied with a story. Jesus always told stories. He made life simple by speaking in parables. Therefore, I will have a story too to tell you with regards to how we went about our business of building God's house. It says, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him off his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead besides the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, maybe a deacon. Eh? How many people are helping in the church today? Are you an usher? Maybe it was an usher. I don't know. Anyone in the treasury in the church helping with money counting? Maybe it was such an assistant. It says a temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, 
I will pay you the next time I am here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Amen. This passage of scripture caught the attention even of the British Prime Minister, the late British Prime Minister, First Lady Prime Minister of Britain, Great Britain. She wasn't known to be a Christian, but at one point in time when she was to address a global gathering at the United Nations, she spoke about this very passage of scripture. And she questioned And she said, when I've read that passage of scripture, I come to the conclusion that the good Samaritan had to be rich to do what he did. And I I thought it so profound that she could come to such a conclusion. And she said, I figured in my heart that maybe senior reverend couldn't afford to take care of the injured man. And so, although he may have had compassion, but guess what? He was riding an R2. What is an R2? Renault 2. Are we together? But the good Samaritan had a donkey. In modern parlance, it's probably a Mercedes-Benz. I don't know. And he came with his Merc. And he put this man in his car, took care of him at the hotel, call it the Meikles Hotel where he was staying. We don't know where senior reverend was staying because it just says he went by. I like to read the Bible like that in modern parlance to equate it to today's day. Maybe the senior Asha, in his wisdom or her wisdom, or the choir master had no capacity to put this guy who was injured on her, on her back. And they sang so well. Didn't our choir sing so well? Let's give them a round of applause. But being in the choir does not mean you do not help a man who is in need. Amen. But the good Samaritan had the capacity, he had the means. Today I was picked up by Admire in a very special vehicle. Thank you, my brother. Let him stand up. So I can imagine Admire in his capacity to carry a man like Nigel Chanakira in his, what is, what, it's a Hyundai, what? Santa Fe. Ah, what a vehicle. I felt very comfortable. But it has to take a wealthy man to receive the instruction, a man of means and capacity to be instructed to go and carry another man. Are we together? Wouldn't you want to be that man? Of the three, which one do you want to be? I definitely want to be the Good Samaritan. Reverend, I admire your office. 
In fact, it's senior reverend, both of you. But for me, as for me and my house, I elected that I want to be a good Samaritan in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. I elected that even if I am a senior assistant and I do children's ministry at Celebration Church, I am a lay pastor even at Celebration Church. I do men's fellowship at Celebration Church. But all those do not amount to anything unless I am listed amongst the good Samaritans. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm just talking about me and what I aspire for. And all my life, I grew up observing, loving the church. I was born in the Methodist church in Highfields, Kofio. Anyone from Highfields? Hello? Okay, yes, a few of us, thank you. I grew up in Highfields. And in observing the Methodist church that we attended, I was always curious and I would ask, who built this church? I'm told that as a young boy, I would inquire in admiring the beauty of the Methodist, the Methodist church where I grew up, I would say, Akambovaka church inoyindiani. And I was then told of the life of John Wesley. I was then told about the businessmen around John Wesley, that they sent money from England to build churches all over the world. The biggest beneficiaries were Africa, along with the United States of America, where the Methodist church flourished. I then went to Martindale Primary School. I guess any who, any who hear me will tell I've got a colored accent. Primary. Then I went on to St. John's Primary School, sorry, high school um, in Avondale. And there I was introduced to the Catholic Church. And if you know anything about the Catholic Church, they don't call them churches, they call them cathedrals. And the cathedrals have a beauty that is quite incomparable, certainly to where I was coming from in terms of my own background. As a boy from Fio, I would look with envy at just the glass, the way they, you know, fix up the glass. It is with such elegance, such beauty, that it is to be admired. And once again, I would go to the sisters, and I would say, Sister Rosina, who was our headmistress, who built this church? That's something that always grabbed my attention as a young person. Amen. And you know what she said? The Roman church, the Roman, the, the, the Catholic church is in Rome. The Rome, the, the, the Pope sent through 
money in order that we would build this beautiful edifice. And I would ask, so where did they get the money from? And they would speak of rich, wealthy congregants who contributed to that cause. And I made a vow as a young man. I said, one day, one day I want to contribute to building a temple of God. And that stayed with me all my life. And let me tell you when it ignited. Amen. The passage of scripture there speaks of influence. Your capacity to impact your community and society. Your capacity to make an impact that leaves a legacy. Like it was with David who amassed wealth in order that the temple in Jerusalem would be built. And he pronounced and made a declaration that my child Solomon will build this church. And during that building, what happened? He had peace in his life. There was no more warfare. Israel was a nation. Israel and Judah were war-ridden. It was a bloodbath at the time. But David conquered many kings. Do you want to be a conqueror? Right there is an opportunity to sow into that building and become an impactful conqueror that leaves legacies for your children's children by so partaking in such an opportunity. And I vowed, whenever a church is being built, I want to partake of the grace of building buildings that live and outlive me so that it may be known in future generations that there was once a boy from Highfields by the name of Nigel Shanakira who is now described by senior reverence as a maverick businessman simply because I do it so that I may gain warfare and gain resources to build churches. Hallelujah. Amen. So you have a unique opportunity to become a person of influence because I know when we were building our building, the first $1 million check was signed by a white lady within our church. She happened to have been my client, and I am a banker. So when you're a banker, you get the privilege of just scanning your accounts. Who are your wealthiest clients? What a privilege. Any banker in the house? You get to know more than the, 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 the normal. And for me, the impetus to actually form kingdom arose as a young person. I was 26 years old when I began to entertain the thought of owning a bank as a young person. It was unheard of. I had become the youngest director ever in a banking institution. I believe I still hold that record. I was made a director at age 24. 
I applied for a banking license to start my own bank when I was 27 years old. I was granted that license just after I turned 28 in July, a couple of years ago, decades ago. And I became the first, the youngest bank CEO ever in Zimbabwe. A lot of people wondered what was driving me. I became a millionaire within one year of setting up the bank. A lot of people didn't understand what was driving me. I became a multi-millionaire in seven years. A lot of people didn't know what was driving me. A church building was driving me. Amen. I knew that I knew when I looked at our church structure, I had moved from the Methodist church, gone on to apostolic faith mission in Cranbourne, if you know AFM Cranbourne, and AFM were building a church. And at that stage, I became engaged in church building activities. I came to know the fights that happen when you are building a church. The separations that happen when you are building a church. The greed within a church when you are building a church. The spiritual infighting that is present within churches. I am so delighted that that didn't hit your church. Because I can assure you it hit our church at AFM when we were building the church at AFM. And all that time, I wanted to be known as a giver because my own father was a giver. My own father was a man of influence, but he dedicated his heart to serving the church, making money as a businessman and being able to build churches. That's what I grew up observing. And so it became part of my DNA to do the same. And so when I left AFM Church, because of the fights, God bless them, may they stop fighting, they continue to fight, and that church has split. But at the time, the church looked like it was going to split, snap bang in the middle again because of church building projects. So these church building projects within themselves can attract very evil and satanic forces. That is a fact. And I have watched churches over the years. I've seen them get into problems over the years. And I am mighty glad that that hasn't happened within your own church. The church is going up. And I know within our own church, uh, once the lady signed a million dollar check, I observed it as a banker. And I said, Lord, one day when I grow up, I want to sign a million dollar check. Amen. But then I thought to myself, can a black man do that? Are you with me? It was a lady who had done it. And I want to testify before the Lord that the very first check, because I was on the building committee, I was on the money counting committee, reverend, the first $1 million church donation that I ever saw at Celebration Church was signed by none other than Strive Masiwa. 
Amen. When I held that check, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that a black person could sign a million dollar check and give it away to the church. I couldn't believe it. And I prayed in my heart of hearts the same prayer one day, Lord, when I grow up, I want to be able to sign a million dollar check. When kingdom started, the rest is history. Hallelujah. I was able within a couple of months, I think just my first check was $115,000, the biggest check, check I'd ever signed. $115,000. Muna is year thousand. Muna is year US dollar. Let's stand up. Last week in Bulawayo, I did a little exercise and I said, when I call out the amount of money in your pocket, please sit down. And if you've got zero, you just sit down immediately. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So we are talking US dollars. And I commend you for raising 18 million US dollars to build a church. I give yourselves an applause because ours cost, let me tell you, Celebration Center, as you see, it cost us 20 million US dollars and we coughed blood. I keep repeating that. Takakosor. It was tough. So when I see you people at $18 million, I am full of awe and envy. You've done incredibly well for the Lord. Amen. So today I want to ask, do you have 10 US dollars in your pocket or less? If you don't have, if you've got zero, I won't start at zero, you can sit down in your pocket right now. We just want to gauge. Okay. Tora Mayusa. Ah, Reverend. Kwagaipa. 10 US dollars. Okay, let's go up to 50 US dollars in your pocket. Ah, Kwagaipa, Reverend. 100 US dollars in your pocket. More than 100 US dollars. Okay, let's go to a thousand. One thousand US dollars. Yeah, Pagaipa reference. Okay, let's start again. Let, let, let's all stand up. Let, let, let's all stand up. Okay, okay. What about in your bank account or in national? Mattress Bank, NMB. Okay, maybe it's not fair. They didn't know, Reverend, that I was coming and I'm a bit of a maverick as you described me, so it's not fair. So we start again. We cancel that last, last one. We are saying in your bank account or in your mattress, <laughs> do you have 10 US dollars? 
kaenda kumbati nono iwana ah le, le, let's applaud ah wana amen amen you are prudent when you have money you are prudent when you can save money so i commend you you must earn money and you must save it and you must invest it those are three principles that are required are we together okay what about 50 us dollars at home mm now we're talking some are sitting yeah and we are being authentic be honest eh tingangoenda kumba izvo zvizvi i'll ask my brother at my to drive me in his nice car and we go and check there are people telling the truth in church what about 50 us dollars in your bank account or at home okay what about 100 That's good. What about a thousand US dollars? Mm, yarema. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. A thousand. Yeah, muripo. Uh, let's applaud them. Ah, uh, keep standing, keep standing. Tribuenda, tribuenda ninyacho. What about 10,000 US dollars bank account or at home? Uh-huh. 10,000. Eh, don't be jealous. Woo! Keep standing, keep standing. We're going. 50,000 US dollars. Ah, okay. Reverend, I signed my biggest check. 15,000 US dollars was the beginning of my journey in terms of building offerings. I then progressed that was AFM church. I then moved on to Celebration Church when my brother Strive signed a million dollar check. I signed one for $115,000. Amen. But I felt in my heart of hearts I wasn't done. God wasn't finished with me. Because for me it was mari how is it that a born again Christian who was born again after me is now signing a check bigger than mine? I couldn't understand it. Are we together? Strive had just started. Econet and he signed a check of 1 million dollars. I had started Kingdom and I was coughing to sign a check for $115,000. I said, "Mari, this equation doesn't balance. I want to be named and listed amongst those who are contributing to church building." Then I came across this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 19 And this challenged me to the core of my being and I am here to lay a challenge to you Luke chapter 19 it's the parable of the 10 servants it says the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said and because he was nearing Jerusalem he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away verse 12 a nobleman was called away to a distant empire 
to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest for me while I am gone. Other versions of the Bible say, do business until I come. Very explicit instruction, and I love that scripture. Invest my money until I come, or do business until I come. Verse 14, but his people hated him, and they sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. Ah, this kingdom thing, uh, I want to be a king. Wherever I am, I want to be a king. That's why the city of kings attracts me. I want to be a king. How many people want to be kings? Maybe you want to be laborers and servants. Maybe you want to be a princess or a prince, but I want to be king. Now, how many people want to be king? Raise up your hands. Yeah, because a king is wealthy. A king makes decrees. Isn't that so? Amen. So let's listen to what happened to the servants. The first servant reported. In fact, let's go back to verse 15. After he was crowned king, he returned and called his servants whom he had given the money. And he wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and I made 10 times the original amount. 10 times. Now, I'm an investment banker. That's a 1,000% return on investment. That's the kind of guy I want to loan money. Isn't that so? Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So you will be governor over 10 cities as your reward. Verse 18, the next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and I made five times the original amount. That's a 500% return on investment. I kind of like this guy. Don't you? If you can give him a dollar and he makes five. He's my kind of guy. The first guy, you give him a dollar. He knows how to work it. And then he produces 10. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. But from today onwards, I want to be 10 times better. Amen. It's a discipline. It's not feja, feja. Ask Daniel and his friends. If you go to chapter one of Daniel, Daniel says, I want to be distinct amongst other young people. And he's the declaration of the eunuch who is in charge of them makes a declaration that you are 10 times better. They were found to be 10 times better than the other ones. Are we together? Who wants to be 10 times better? 
It's not good enough where we are. We can do better. I came to the realization on reading that passage of scripture that we've all been given talents. God is a fair God. Just like it says in that parable, each one of them was given one talent. The question is, what did they do with it? Amen. Let's go on to find out what the third one did. The third servant brought it back, only the original amount of money, and he said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. Listen to what he says. He says, I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with. I don't know where he's a hard man. He had 10. He gave each of them one. And this guy says, you're a hard man. Isn't that what we say to God? But our God is a fair God. He gives each and every one of us a talent. Each of us have a talent. The question is, what are we doing with it? Are we behaving like this guy where we return the talent? Or are we behaving like the others? He says, the master says, you wicked servant, the king wrote, your own words condemn you. If you knew that I am a hard man who takes what is not mine and harvests crops that I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in a bank? At least I would have given it, I could have gotten some interest on it. So in other words, you can invest that money. It's a pity the banks have misbehaved in the past and have gone bad and so we keep the money under the mattress. But even where we keep the money under the mattress, that money must be working for you. It's wrong for you to be idle and not work and earn. It's wrong for you to be idle and not earn and save. It's wrong for you to be idle and not uh, save, but also invest so that your money works for you. Are we together? Maria Kongai Shande. Maria Ifanwe Kurara Paspe Mattress. Mari Inofanwa Kuramba Ichipereka Inwe Mari. Are we together? That's what a wise person does. That's what we're learning from the word of God. Isn't that so? Then turning to the other standing by the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. Now, I mean, that just floors me. I don't know about you. It just looks and it sounds very unfair. Senior reverend, Nibatsiri. Really fair, mama. One year, akachengeteza. Arkunzi itorei. Moipa kunani, kunama siwa. Juli fere, Jesus. One year, Reverend, Senior Reverend, Ijaguda Senior Reverend, Vane Doctorate. Is this fair? Does it sound fair? 
kuti mahandora atanchitaura aya toraiwayo mwapa kunachanakira zviri fe ina i think it's fair chanakira ndiye ari kugona kuumba mari kuti iramba ichiberekana anditi that is the moral of the story because even if i gave you a million dollars anditi kana usina capacity yekuti mari iyoyo inge ichiberekana pandino dzoka ne 1 million yandaka kupa ndokuti wewe what happened to the million you are going to be like the others in our statistician i like kuti my books are balanced and there were 10 servants we've accounted for three. what happened to the other seven I think the other seven are like some of us wine here. Let's read on. It says there was a protest, but he already has 10 pounds. Yes, said the master, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. Mungwa. And this rinda nyora. Can you underline it in your Bible? And it 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 say he says yes the king replied and to those who use well what they are given even what more will be given but from those who do nothing those who have nothing <laughs> even what little they have will be taken away senior reverend is that fair and this rinda dar even that little which they have it will be taken away now the 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 other seven is contained in verse 27 and as for these my enemies of mine who did not want me to be their king bring them in and execute them right here in front of me do you know what happened to the seven they are the noise makers within the churches ndova vekuti tikati building fund vanenge vachiita mahunga hunga vachidrova zvakare kuti aya mari yekuita offering futi senior reverend vari kudzokorora futi kuti those who did not tithe vanonzwa kushotwa vanonzwa kuvaviwa i am talking to you i know you are here i came for you Today I came to fish you out and to tell you that you will never self actualize if you don't know the principles of God. You will never become who God created you to be. You will never leave a legacy within your own household and within your community, which is what God requires us to do. Amen. That is what God requires us to do to be good and faithful servants to earn money it starts with work isn't it yes it starts with work it starts with an idea it starts with you working an idea so that you can earn money so that you can save money even for a rainy day ndavhunduka inini reverend 
kuti pane vanga vasina 10 dollars zvichireva kuti kuvakarwara kana mwana akarwara kana baba akarwara it means that principle is not being adhered to are we together so i came today as a teacher i came as a motivator i came as an encourager i came to exhort you to become who god called you to be god says take that one talent that you have learn to work using that talent and that talent is not necessarily money that talent can be an idea that talent can be a talent to sweep sweep so well that one day you end up owning a cleaning company if your talent is taking care of children love your own children raise them up to be god fearing children and become the mother you were meant to be who knows just maybe someone will give you their children to look after and you will begin a crash because you do it so well i don't care what your talent is each and every one of us has been given at least one talent I know our master is fair. I know my God is fair. I came from Highfield. I knew I had a talent to make money, to multiply money. And I the moment I saw brother Strive sign a 1 million dollar check, ah, senior reverend. Ndakati if he can did it, I can did it too. Amen. And I began a bank from one office, one room. A bank was born from one room. And within one year we traded money so well that I had a million dollars and I was able to sign my first 1 million dollar check. <laughs> my brothers and sisters million is spelled m i l l i o n <laughs> amen m i l l i o n that's how i spelled my million and i had so much pleasure in signing that check putting my name behind that check with the assurance that that check wouldn't bounce Amen. If a boy from Highfield can did it, why can't you did it too? Amen. God is looking for an occasion. God is looking for an opportunity that he would bless you. When you do his work, when you take care of his business, what I've learned in my life is he will take care of my business. Amen. If I prioritize God's business before I built my house and I built a mansion mvundis because within my family they began to say ah manje kana chipa church million a brother of mine said to me if you fail to pay your fees one day I will literally beat you physically because manyemwa uri kuita na Jesus wako wawanaye haite are we together 
and I can testify in the land of the living that since I signed that one million dollar check, I have not begged for bread. My children have not come looking for money. Amen. That is the God. That's not to say I haven't struggled. No. I will struggle, but I will find the money. Because I know God is a debtor to no man. So before we built our own mansion, I made sure that God's mansion was built. I made sure that Celebration Center was built. Amen. And I wanted to be counted amongst the handful who had the discipline of working an idea, earning astonishing sums of money and being able to save, being able to invest, and then being able to pledge and being able to honor the pledge. Amen. I want to encourage you. It's not in the giving. It's what you become after you give. Making money is one thing. And I have made money. I, I thank the Lord that I can testify in his house today that I have made money. But I have been comfortable to give it away because I know who my source is. He is my source. Amen. So this is an empowerment session, isn't it? I want you to finish your life strong. And I'm going to leave you 15 principles for success that you must begin to apply going forward and become a distinct citizen of this country. Empowerment means what? Today you are being empowered. You are being given the seeds of power and authority. That's what empowerment means. It means authorization. Remember, the master left his servants in charge. So in other words, you are authorized. You are empowered, isn't it? Being empowered means being given the ability, the enablement or the permission to acquire wealth. It is our God who gives us the power to what? To get wealth. So today I want to empower you. I want to capacitate you based on my own experience with this dance that is called the dance of participating in God's buildings. And God builds building, he builds people, he builds dreams. That is our God. Our God is a builder of people. Our God is a builder of building. Our God is a builder of dreams. So that we become all that we were created to be. Amen. So be a finisher. So I'm giving you these. It was amazing. When I developed these 12 and they're part of my institute, Success Motivation Institute. Uh, SMI has six of those. Then the Lord, when I was asked to share, the Lord dropped the other six. And I thought I was done. And when I was ministering last week, as I ministered, he dropped another two. 
And then as I sat there today, he dropped another one. So I'm giving you 15. Amen. So number one, personal responsibility. In other words, I am asking you to take complete responsibility for your own thoughts, your own actions, and your own results for prosperity to advance his kingdom. Are we together? Personal responsibility. That's the first P. In other words, when it came to my own church building, Wherever I was, whether I was in Methodist, Catholic, AFM, Celebration, and even now as I'm in Harvest House, I said to Bishop, I cannot be part of what is going to be the greatest edifice, Citadel, in Zimbabwe. I started well. I'm not going to finish or crawl past the finish line. Are we together? So I pledged my $1 million. <laughs> Senior Reverend, I don't have that $1 million. It's not in our accounts. My wife is the finance director in our businesses. There is nothing budgeted for this one, but there is no way, I told Bishop Nyati, I cannot be part of this. So I took personal responsibility. Are we together? There is a balance of $7 million to complete that building. And Atiskuzopedza building, Iyoyo, Remanga Manga. Are we together? I don't know about you, but what I know, and what I know in my Noah, that God doesn't do things in half measures. Amen. We cannot raise $18 million and then fail to raise $7 million to finish this building to the standard of excellence that is required. If you read what I read in the first Chronicles chapter 22, it talks of four tons. What is it? 4,000 tons of gold. It talks of 40,000 tons of silver. Imari Are we together? Macheaya, my reverend. Machaya akodzere kugara mu building ye 18 million. Are we together? 18 million dollar church and a plastic chair. We are not going to finish like this. Amen. We are going to finish properly. Amen. The sound system, Murunzwa Echo. Murunzwa, the sound, Warupi. Acoustics in our facility in Blawai, we will not have an echo. 
Are we together? And do you know why we don't have, why we, why we have an echo and they will try and tune and what, what, and they will try and tune Do you know why? Because the building and the lack of carpeting sound then begins to bounce up and down. Sakane 18 million dollars a rita se as we run. Gat virachango we run ipapo ipapo. I am a church builder. I know what I am talking about. Are we together? So the first thing is it begins with taking what? Personal responsibility. As for me, Indoda chair ganak. Daga bandava udza bishop. Vaka unza chair yavo. It's right. But in Dodo, you know, Tindika Dakotindi Zembere, so you know, Chunika also. And no die later. Kanandawi and our guest of honor could die. In Angundo Shakanak. I don't know about you. Pangwima Mudishakanak. Panasinga de Shakanak. Yeah, I'm in the right church. Dafunga Tindinde Gagain. We like nice things. Yes. Yes. Amen. So what where do we start? We start with personal responsibility. I don't know about you. Now, right now, I can tell you, go to celebration chant. Sorry. Kunamfundis toronga to to na kuti church ya trukuwaka ya trudaono kunda ya chweka mirasi atisukura imu musaino charge out yaga naka trudaono kunda iyo amen by God's grace we can do better by God's grace we can do what and it begins with taking personal responsibility are we together? So what is your responsibility? It depends with your talent, isn't it? Tinosiana, some are still growing. Some of us have retired. I retired at 40. Now I do what I want with my time. That's why I can go and visit the bishop and I can help him. I want to be there when it finishes. I said to him, you have an advisor, unpaid advisor, bishop. Amen. So I don't want to just give him my money. I want to give him my time. I want to give him my talents. I want to give him my network so that that church will finish on time and become the greatest edifice, the greatest temple in Southern Africa, in the city of Kings. Amen.
Number two, the pearls of your past. Have I taken stock and do I value the pearls that make me unique and outstanding? Amen. My pearls is my experience. My experience of building churches at AFM, at Celebration. What am I doing? I am bringing them to Harvest House International. Are we together? So your past is important. Your experience is important. Assuming you got nothing, what skill have you acquired? If you are a builder for crying out loud, you know what? If I was you, I was going, I'm going to make a commitment and say, a week of my time, I am going to go to Bulawayo and I'm going to spend a week in Dijikanya, Dijikanya cement laying bricks. Those are what we call the pearls of my past. Are we together? At Celebration Center, I can assure you the reason why we were able to build that church is people came from all corners of the world and they sacrificed their skills, their pearls, and they came and they helped us to build that church. Are we together? So it's not just about your money. It's about your skills. And what is your skill? The third one. Your philosophy. Have I undertaken the rational investigation of the truths and principles of being, of knowledge, and of conduct to be God's vessel in reality? In other words, am I taking, what is my thinking? Kufunga kwangu, kwakamira say, when we talk of building God's building, partaking in his kingdom, what is my philosophy? What is my belief? What is my understanding? When I'm reading the word of God, is it speaking to me? And is it establishing a philosophy where I know I am absolutely and fully persuaded that I am here to make a difference? You are not here to suck air. Turn to your neighbor. You are not here to suck oxygen. You are here to make a difference. So my philosophy, I don't care who I am, as long as I'm a child of God, I am here to make a difference. That's the philosophy we need in our lives. And that church will be completed if we have such a philosophy. I am here to what? To make a difference. I'm not here to suck air. I'm not here to occupy space. I am here to make a difference. Number four, purpose. Have I crystallized my thinking so that I know what I want to achieve and know where I stand now in relation to my objectives? It starts with you, isn't it? Why am I here? What's the purpose? Why did God call me into this church? As for me, I'm not a member of the church. Are we together? Do you want me to run away with the blessings? There is seven million dollars worth of blessings waiting. God is debtor to no man. I've already taken a million of your blessings. Kwasara six. Knowing my God as I know him. 
When I commit to a cause, when I commit to a church building, my world begins to change. I know my purpose. I am a church builder. I know my purpose. I am a success coach. I know my purpose. I am a banker. Now be careful. One million could easily turn into seven million. Be careful. There is seven million dollars worth of blessings. All I can say is be careful. Somebody is out to steal your blessing. Do you know, I think, and this year, Senior Reverend Andiziwe, Zimenguwa Vangava Ziwe Kutikubirwa blessings no revey. Do you know what it means? There is a certain brother who stole a blessing from another brother. <laughs> so I am your brother who is telling you, my brother that I have come to steal your blessing. blessing for a bowl of soup. Nenzara. Kukara chikafu changachiri pamberi pake. Aka vati ama kumbora anei nebasa. Tozo juona kumberi uku. Aka taiwa tora ako. Muwe akapiwa a father's blessing. Mwaka so chema chema mkomaka chema chema. Aka nizorei baba. Nikomborei wo. Are we together? Last Sunday I received a blessing from your father. Bishop Colin blessed me last week. He anointed me with oil. But I am coming clean with you my brothers and sisters that I just came to steal your blessing. And who knows, I pledged one million. But who knows that God may so bless me that I may multiply it and become ten times better than I was. Hallelujah. Amen. Some don't know their purpose. I know mine. Number five, have a plan. Have a written plan and a target date for your achievements. I don't know what your talent is, but all I can say is we are in a season when God is seeking to bless Harvest House International. God is seeking to bless his congregants. God is seeking to bless their generations across generations. We are in that season. And I know what I am talking about because at Celebration Church, guess what? Multi-millionaires were born in that season. People began with plans to buy houses, to acquire wealth. And I can testify in the land of the living that many multi-millionaires were born in Celebration Church in quest of that particular objective of building his building. God has his plan. He wants you to have your plan. And write it down. Amen. 
Number six, have a passion. I don't know about you, but I am a passionate guy. Whatever I choose to do, I want to do it so well. I want to enjoy the ride. Amen. It must be a burning passion to achieve the goal that I have set for myself. Amen. Have a passion. Have a passion that nothing can stop you. I love the scripture that uh, the senior reverend read. Paul had a passion. Paul had a passion. Nothing could stop him. Even demons, that viper, shake, he shook it off. I want you to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off the viper. Shake off the demon. And the only way we can shake it off is when we have a passion to achieve what God purposed for us to achieve. Paul knew he was going to Rome. Nothing could stop him. Isn't it? Nothing could stop him. He had a passion. A viper was not going to stop him. Are we together? So have a passion. I have a passion already for that building. That building is mine. I have claimed it. I am part of it. That's what we call passion. When I support my football team, I don't know about you, but when I support my Liverpool, I support it with passion. I don't know what team you support, but almost everyone knows that Nigel Chanakira supports Liverpool. Hallelujah. Why? Because whatever I do, I do with what? If it means I have to go to Anfield, I will go to Anfield. That's what passion means. Are you passionate about the church? Sure. How many have been on site? Because I'm passionate about Liverpool. So these who are passionate have been to the site. They have worked the site. They have contributed to the site. Their minds are occupied by the site. Are we together? I don't know about you, but if you are passionate in any Borand Norida, Senior Reverend, Dinoda Liverpool. Apana che Liverpool Chandisinga Zive. That's what we call passion. Although he's Muslim, but in denial. That's what you call passion. EPL, World Cup, Super Cup, That's what you call passion. Are you passionate about your church? When were you last there? When were you last there? What sacrifice did you make for that thing that you are passionate about? When you are passionate, you are engaged, you are fully engaged, you are fully committed, isn't it? When you sleep, that's what you call passion. 
Kanayajga men united zakawanda zinenge five unotenga jezi wonyora kumashure kuti five zero. That's what you call passion. Are you passionate about your building? Wangwanunga is your passion iriemskana nai. I know I was passionate about Caroline. I am passionate about Caroline. When I'm passionate about her, I'll buy her flowers. When I'm passionate about her, I will surprise her. Surprise, yekutongoti. Ndongo mu isira marika na mu handbag. Ma thousand, aya angata cha cha taura. Not ten dollars. Ten dollars is not a surprise. Come on. Come on. And the lady said, Amen. Now that's passion. <laughs> the ladies responded with passion. Saga Nayad's mind, Kakwisra, 10,000 mwen big. You know it's passion and you know it's a surprise, isn't it? So, are you passionate about your building? Have you surprised the bishop? Have you ever surprised the senior reverend? Guess what I did one day? I was so sick and tired. sick and tired, When you are tired and you are sick, and you are sick and you are tired. I was so tired of every Sunday. Richinzi Jojo building fund tapa six million. Next week Toya Jonzi building fund tapa six million and twenty thousand netuma send to your Ndozoka footy. Jonzi tapa six million five hundred and chakuti chakuti. Do you know it makes you sick and tired and I was so sick and tired. So I said to my God, I said, God, I know that I know that you trust me. Can you entrust me with sorting out this problem that I am sick and tired of? Shoko Aricha Paris Gwam Church. Nenyaye building fund. Evangelism aicha itwa mu church. Nenyaya ye building fund. Prison ministry aicha bita ku church. Nenyaya ye building fund. Helping widows and orphans aicha itwa mu church. Nenyaya ye. I was sick and tired of the building fund. Are you sick and tired? Are you sick and tired? I was. So I prayed a prayer and God answered me. I was going to do a transaction, the biggest transaction that I've ever done. And it's probably still a record transaction. That's why I'm excited about your church because yours is a record building in terms of size. So I said, God, I will make a vow. That's the other P, pledge. 
I will make a vow that if I am sick and tired and you will entrust me, you will entrust me with a reward. I will honor you and give you that reward of making a lot of money so that I will not be sick and tired of going to church. So I was going to do a transaction of merging four companies. It's never been done. I was merging Kingdom, Mikkels, Tanganda, and cotton printers from Bulawayo. God gave me uncommon insight that I could put these companies together and they would create one company called Kingdom Mikkels Africa. I had been thinking about that deal. I had been trying to figure out how I was going to do that deal. And I made God a vow. I said, God, if you will let me have those companies, I will pay off the church building. It's the biggest deal that's ever been done, corporate deal in Zimbabwe. I don't know any other. So I sought advice and I met my pastor. And guess where I met him? At the church. On the deck of the church, the incomplete object. The week the article had been done of this white elephant, Tom's white elephant. And my pastor was miserable. And I said, Pastor, I want to make a vow. I want to do a transaction that's going to make me more money than I have ever made in my life. And he says, that's your problem. My problem is how do I finish this building? <laughs> so I said, Pastor, if I sign this deal on Monday, I am going to pledge completing the church. I had the top investment bankers in Zimbabwe at the time. There was an investment banker by the name Juven Hoffen. I hired the best banker in town. I hired the best lawyer in town to try and execute that transaction, and they were failing. John Moxon, owner of Mikkels, had hired the top investment banker from South Africa. He was negotiating on his side as well as lawyers from South Africa. And we were trying to put this deal together. I offered a price for the merger. They were going to take over my bank, etc., etc. And I offered them a price of $1.80. US, $1.80. John Moxon was offering 180. I wanted $2.50 so that I could have enough money to sign off and pay $14 million to complete the church building. Ndati 14 M I L L I O N. 14 million US dollars. Are you with me? And we were poles apart. We were 70 cents apart in terms of that transaction. And that transaction couldn't be done. If we signed on Monday, I would have 14 million dollars to sign off a check and hand over to my pastor. 
And I left. That weekend, we prayed and fasted like nobody can. And on Monday, top lawyers in Zimbabwe, top lawyers in South Africa reached a stalemate. And God gave me one idea. And I, because John had said, I'm walking away from the transaction. And he says, at best, I can pay you $2. So he moved to 180. And I said, I cannot afford, because I knew I needed what? 14 million. I was sick and tired. So I said to him, okay. He said, I'm walking away at $2. And I said to him, I'm walking away at 250. It meant we had no deal. And then as we were about to walk away, God dropped something in my spirit. He said, take the $2. Sell your entire shareholding in kingdom and you will have the $14 million. That means sacrifice. I had pledged and I said, God, what are you talking about? I'm going to be left with no shareholding at $2. God said, take the $2 and then tell John, if you make it to $2.50 in terms of earnings, he is going to pay you the additional 50 cents. And that's the deal we signed. In six months, Kingdom's share price jumped from $2 to $100. I became a multi-millionaire. I signed a check of $14 million and the church was completed. That is what God can do if you are a person of faith, if you are a person of passion, if you follow through and believe what is number seven, have positive expectancy. Have positive expectancy. Number eight, become a product of the product. What do I mean? Am I a Christian or am I a Christian? I am a product of the product. I am a product of Christianity. Therefore, I will do what the word of God tells me to do. The Bible speaks of sacrificial giving. Where is that sacrificial giving that you have done? I can testify today that I have signed a check of 14 million US dollars in order to see the completion of our church. And the church was completed six months thereafter at the standard of excellence that it was done at. God is looking for such a one who is a product of the product, who is faithful in his way. Maybe he won't do it with one. Maybe he's looking for a hundred of you and he's going to make you worth a million each. I don't know God's formula. But what I know is God used me in an uncommon way in so far as Celebration Church is concerned. 
He used me differently as far as AFM Church is concerned. He used me differently with my $10 at Methodist Church when I was still a teenager, sacrificing my pocket money and sowing it all into the building fund. Are you a product of the product? Number nine, what price am I prepared to pay? What price am I prepared to pay through hard work? And we don't want foolish pledges. What do I mean by a foolish pledge? Foolish pledges have been made in the Bible. There is a man who appeared one time. He said, the first one to come out of my house, I'll give it away. And it was his daughter. That's what we call a foolish pledge. Are we together? So we want you to pledge in a manner that God speaks to you, you have conviction in your heart, and you are willing to pay the price. Number 10, I want you to be persistent. Do I have the iron world perseverance to follow through regardless of what others people may say, think, or do? I must be able to persevere through thick and thin and be able to honor my pledge. Number 11, do I have the pride, the godly pride? And here I mean, am I assertive? Am I, pride, am I proud in my God and what my God can do? Am I proud, do I have the dignified sense of what is due to myself, my position and my character? Do I have the self-respect, the self-esteem? That's what I mean by pride, in order to be able to honor my words. And you know that pride, it's the same pride that Jabez had. Do you remember, do you know Jabez? In Chronicles chapter 4, I don't know how many of you, when you read the genealogies, if you go to Chronicles, let's go there. Are you able to put up Chronicles chapter 1, Chronicles chapter 4? I don't know if you are like me before I came across this. When I was reading in the Chronicles, they would really kind of stipulate, isn't it, the names of uh, people uh, in uh, uh, the genealogies. And there are quite a few genealogies in the Bible. And if you read the genealogies, it talks of the descendants, isn't it? Now, I have a question. Are you like those? 1 Chronicles chapter 4, for example. The descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Kami, Her, and Shobal. Shobal's son, Rahia, was the father of Johan. Johath, Johath was the father of Ahumai and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorothites. The descendants of Eton were Jezreel, Ishma, Ibdash, their sister, Hazel, Pony, Penel, the father of Geda, and Isa, the father of Husha. These were the descendants of her, the firstborn of Ephrathara, the ancestor of Bethlehem. After the father of Tekua had two wives named Hela, and it goes on and on, isn't it? 
If you are anything like me, you, 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 do you jump these names? Honestly? You jump them, isn't it? But if you come to verse 9, it, stacks, it sticks out, isn't it? It says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because of his birth and, he, and it had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Read on verse 11. Caleb, brother of Shua, was the father of Mehia. Mehia was the father of Eshop. But for me, what strikes me is the genealogy is broken when it comes to Jabez. Don't you want to be like Jabez? In your family, if they talk about the genealogy of the Tuturus, and it comes to Reverend Dr. Tuturi, and they have to stop and make a description of the Reverend, it shows that from the Tuturu descendants, there is one that was outstanding that deserves the attention of the author. Don't you want to be that one? Ah, Ameno, I don't know about you, but among the Chanakiras, let me tell you that I vowed when I read that scripture that when they are reading about the descendants of the Chanakiras, there were Matonga who came from Zambia. From Zambia, they came son of this one, son of this one, and they came and stayed in Kadoma. And in Kadoma, there were three brothers. Telephone, what, 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 I don't know what their names were. And they moved from Kadoma and moved to Mondoro. When they moved from Mondoro, the Chanakiras gave birth to Lamiel, Samson, Janjan. Then they moved to Seke. And Lamiel gave birth to Nigel, Muranganwa, Kudzai, Chanakira. And they then have to pause. This man was a builder of churches. This man, when he arrived at Harvest House International, when they were building a $25 million facility, this man stood up and said there is a balance of $7 million and he pledged $1 million. A year after his pledge, after the man of God had blessed him and the reverends had blessed him and laid hands upon him and I was there. They laid hands upon him and he produced another seven million dollars and the church was built. <laughs> then the genealogy will go on and say Nigel was the father of Panashe, Tadiwa, Ponai and Majita. And Panache was the father of so-and-so. Ingasana is the genealogy, actually. I want to be that person. Amen. So it should be. So what are we saying? We are saying, I want to be what? I want to have the pride. The godly pride. 
of entering into the annals of history in terms of the work that I have done. Why? Because there is a promise, number 11. There is a promise. There is a reward. There, is a, there should be a reward at the end of the rainbow, isn't it? In whatever you are doing, guess what? God will bless you. You will make you live comfortably. God will bless your children. You will make them live comfortably. The word of God says, Solomon lived at peace. Solomon lived at peace. Solomon lived well. If you look in the Bible and read how his children lived, even one went haywire called Absalom. But those kids lived well. So there is a promise when you partake of what God has in store for you. And that promise is not to be consumed by yourself. That promise is a promise that is consumed by your family cell. I call them the seven C's. It is your cell, your extended family cell, your immediate family cell. It is a benefit that should be consumed when you prosper by your church, by your community, by your city, by your country, by the continent, and by continents because we are a global church. Are we together? When people come globally, oh, how great it shall be. When we assemble, I don't know how big our church is now. You were describing Cynthia Reverend. It's a big church. So the who's who are going to be there when we make that big opening. Inini ndirungwa nawe kwa ateteve kuselebration zhangu, but ndinenge ndiri there. Ndaka zharuwa kwa ateteve kuselebration, as ndinenge ndiri there, because I'm part of the community. When you prosper, that's what should happen. I have given not just to my church, I've given to New Life, I've given to Seventh-day Adventist, I've given to why? Because I want people to see the testimony of God. Are we together? And when you give, give so that people will know that the God whom you serve is the God that you treasure so much that he has given you promises into perpetuity in terms of your prosperity. Ha, huh? that was from God, I didn't form that. God has given you promises into perpetuity. Hallelujah. Promises into perpetuity. In other words, it's unending promises. Hallelujah. If you are building with him. I know it's going to be painful. That's the other P that God gave me. Pain. No pain, no glory. No pain, no joy. If it doesn't hurt, it wasn't meant to be. I know what signing a million dollar check means. Don't kid me. I know. I know what making a million dollars means. Don't kid me. I know what making a thousand dollars means. Don't kid me. A thousand is a thousand, it's real. It's painful. So there will be pain. No pain, no glory. Ultimately, we have a price. 
ultimately we have a prize. The crowning joy of the Lord. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. Am I in pursuit of the ultimate prize? To not the Sia Marids. To not the Sia Mota. To not see my bank accounts. J.D. Rockefeller was a very wealthy man. The day he died in the United States of America, people asked his accountant, how much money did this guy leave behind? He was the oil baron of the U.S. He owned railway lines in the U.S. And his accountant proudly announced that he left all of it here on earth. Are we in denial? He was a multi-billionaire. He left foundations. The moment I read that book, that autobiography, I said, I'm going to give my money away. I'm not interested in being called one of the wealthiest. There was a list that came out last week, if you saw it. The wealthiest Zimbabweans. Yay. And I said, I'm not interested. My aunt phoned me. She said, I'm not interested. Aucha ficha nei. Ntikati yaka pfura mai niningu Because I want to give away my own money while I can see it while I'm living. Are we together? I want to leave enough for my children's children. That's what the Bible instructs me to do. So I must leave enough for my children's children. But even them... If they don't have as much zeal as I have for the Lord, if they don't have as much zeal as I have for church buildings, guess what? They'll squander it. Are we together? So I would rather focus on being able to do things with my money that I worked hard for and do the things that I want to do. Because at the end of it all, what awaits me is the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. The prize is not just for me, but it is for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That is the ultimate prize. That is why we are here. And so if you can be upstanding, the 15th one is pledge. If we can just stand up where we are, And I want to challenge you to the core of your being to prayerfully consider making a pledge, an uncommon pledge, to partake of the balance of what is left to complete the church. I know Bishop had been preaching and saying by December, we want to complete the superstructure. And sure enough, that is the objective, the superstructure must be completed by December. That's what he is working to as a target. But I am seeing beyond December. I am seeing the finishing, the quality finishing that we will make. And so I'm going to ask our two reverends to come up front and help us process the pledge. I have already made my pledge. I am part of you. I've been a guest for years since the building was started. 
Since I thought our pastor was smoking something that was illegal, I didn't believe him. Now I am doubting Thomas. I have seen the walls. I have seen the roof. And I am part of you and I am pledging one million dollars. Reverence, as I said, I don't have the money. But I know that that money is waiting somewhere for me. I just have to figure it out. I know that $6 million in addition to $1 million is out there somewhere. These congregants are expected to plunder the marketplace. They are expected to receive uncommon ideas and pursue them with a passion like nobody can. And sometimes what I know is that if God speaks to you and if you make a pledge, God can help you honor that pledge and you will have more left to consume upon your family, yourself and other objectives that you have. So reverence, I'm humbly asking for you to Pray for us in this uncommon move that we will make. I don't know if there is any oil to anoint us. Some of us have been doing business in a manner that is consumptive, where we can't see where the, where the money is, where the money is remaining, I don't know. Some of us have been consuming what we are earning, we are unable to save, we are unable to pledge something meaningful some of us is going to be the beginning of the rest of our lives because God is going to touch us and move us in an uncommon way so over to you if you may help us with this particular process amen <laughs>